this is, uh, you know, that negative thought you've been having, and uh, I just, uh, I just can't let you try and change yourself without a fight, so, uh, go ahead and just turn this show off, okay, and, um, uh, yeah, everything's still fine. This is Blindsight with your host, Bill Lundgren, an AINC original podcast. Is serious? We're not holding back truth. We're here to help you heal and become the best you possible. Here's the chair. Here's the pillow. Here's Bill. Hi there. Welcome to Blindsight, uh, produced by the Audio Information Network of Colorado. We're glad to have you on board, and today I'm just delighted to bring on uh, someone to talk about an important subject of forgiveness. Lynn Huber is a PhD in social work, but has worked for many years uh, within the uh, seminaries and different institutions to talk about forgiveness because it is such an important subject. And Lynn, welcome to Blindsight. Thank you. What I'd like to ask you, if I may, what got you involved in talking about forgiveness? Well, I actually heard a speaker when I first moved to uh, Colorado, who's an Episcopal priest that served a very large congregation in downtown New York, And she did this amazing thing on forgiveness, and I had not spent a lot of time thinking about it. But since that time, I've read literally dozens, maybe hundreds of books and articles, and I do spiritual direction and have taught spiritual direction. And I think that that's a huge part, often, of what people need to work on, both forgiveness of themselves and of other people in their lives. And I think if we can't let go of the stuff we carry that we haven't forgiven, we really do a lot of self-destruct. Or when we act like we've forgiven or say, that's all right when something happened, but we haven't really. Absolutely. that's what I see a lot of people who, you know, they're supposed to be polite and forgive, but they really don't mean it. But what is forgiveness? What, how do you define it? Well, I would say that forgiveness is, first of all, it's a one-person job. Um, if there's a two-person job that both people are willing to trust and enter into, they can come to reconciliation. But forgiveness is something that doesn't depend on the other person. It depends on you. And I think we all have some models of it. Uh, one of my favorites is the Amish families that went to the family of the guy who had killed a bunch of their children and forgave them on the spot that night. And it basically... Mm is writing off a debt. There's a version of the Lord's Prayer that says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And uh, thinking about it that way, that somebody owes you something because of what they did to you that was wrong, and you write off the debt because you don't want to carry it. It's too heavy. Mm. So it's really something you do for yourself. And you have to acknowledge that this is something to be forgiven. Absolutely. And just be in the social graces of, oh, forget it. Yeah. And you really haven't. 
Well, I would never say forget it. If it's something that needs forgiveness, then the other person has work to do too. But they, mm-hmm. you can do that regardless. You can't reconcile if they don't do their work, but you can forgive anyway. It's a one-person job. Hmm. So how would I go about doing that? Well, one thing is it's not forgetting. If you could forget, you wouldn't need to forgive. Um, I think there's a line um, that I like in the Bible that relates to this. In all things, God works for good for those who love the Lord. And when we first have a wounding experience, it's really hard to see that or believe it. But once we have done the forgiveness, we discover that we are able to see it. So in my own forgiveness work, um, one of the ways I know if it's completed is if I can see that the what good has been done for me in letting go in that particular situation. So in other words, if I don't obsess about it anymore or I, you know, just go on to other things, but not covering up what happened, I have probably forgiven it. Right. And I, it's a choice that I make because I know it frees me. Hmm. I have to admit, uh, particularly after I heard you speak, uh, I was thinking of Charles Dickens' character, Miss Abersham, who, in, in great expectation, uh, she was uh, prepared to marry someone, and there was a banquet feast put out on the table. The bridegroom never showed up, and she closed the house off, complete with all the dining setting and so forth, and closed herself off to other people. And I know that was shame, but that was also uh, certainly an act of not forgiving or forgetting and if we obsess about stuff after then we haven't forgiven but Mm -hmm. i remember one that was hard for me and you know it's so little compared to some of the stuff that people have experienced but um my closest friend died of cancer and her husband was a lovely fun man but not very responsible and he had two jobs one was uh, building computers in the days when they were built by people rather than companies. And the other was uh, a potter, and he did beautiful pottery. And I decided I wanted to help them out, but I didn't want them to feel obligated. So I purchased a computer, and I purchased some pottery from him. And the computer never worked. Um, <laughs> And the pottery, half of it came and some of it I never saw again. So after she died, I would write two letters to him, you know, send them at the same time. One was from Claire's friend, Lynn, and giving condolences and support. And the other was from your dissatisfied customer. And one day I realized, and it was when somebody used the version of the Lord's Prayer that says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Um, I I hadn't let it go. So I wrote him a letter and I said, if you send me the computer parts and get it all working, that's lovely. That'll be a Christmas present. If you send me the pottery, it'll be a Christmas present. As of now, you owe me nothing. 
And I walked to the mailbox, which was about a block from my house, and I put the letter in the box, and I took it back out 20 times. And finally, I said, I want to be free of this sucker, and I dropped it in the box, and I floated back to my house. I didn't walk. I floated. And it was done. So when it's done, you can feel it. You can feel it in your body. Well, how do... In your description, you were thinking it through and say, hey, and notice that you haven't let it go. Uh How do people come to the realization they haven't let it go and then, like you, say, this is finished, whatever it is. Maybe, uh, you know, someone has done us a wrong or it is what we feel somebody has done us a wrong. And like you, it's got to be repaired or else we'll never forgive. But you're saying, no, that's that's not relevant. You have to, I have to decide that it's forgiven, regardless of whether they repair it or not. But I'm not going to spend the rest of my life chewing on this. because right. it, You're mm-hmm. tied to the person you haven't forgiven with some real unpleasant stuff. And I remember a woman that I worked with when I was her spiritual director who virtually everything she had trouble with in her life had to do with her relationship with her father, who had been a real SOB. And um, one day she came in and sat down and was talking about something without reference to him. And I said, do you think this could have anything to do with your dad? And she looked at me and she said, like, you think maybe? (laughs) And I said, how about writing a dialogue with your father? He was dead. Mm. And she said her word at that time that meant people had it together was conscious. So-and-so is conscious or so-and-so is not even conscious. And she said, he's not conscious. And this came through me, not from me. I said, he is now. And she looked at me, and the two of us sat in silence while tears rushed down her face for 20 minutes. And Interesting. Uh, it's, it's a choice that we make. Uh, we can't force the other to change or to do reparations or anything else, but we can choose to let go of it and not spend the rest of our life carrying it around with us. Well, you mentioned writing a dialogue, and you also mentioned thinking it through to let it go, or there's some other things that people could do to help them in the process of forgiveness. Because one of the things that people have trouble with is just even acknowledging that they're holding on to something like that, whatever, whatever well, that. When we issue. haven't forgiven, we often end up either thinking about or talking about or both the person and there's a lot of energy in it and a lot of uh, resentment and uh, resentment literally means feeling again. We feel it over and over and over. So I have some metaphors that I like for uh, forgiveness. One is uh, letting go of resentment. Uh, Holding on to it is like spiritual and psychological impaction 
First, it makes you uncomfortable. Then it makes you sick. If you hold on to it long enough, it has to be dug out by a professional piece by piece. And finally, it will kill you. So the reason for letting go of it isn't because an SOB didn't do something worth resenting. It's because they're not paying the price. You are. And sometimes it helps when that person asks for forgiveness, but that doesn't always happen. And a lot of times it doesn't, the person doesn't even may not even know. That and they sometimes committed. they're dead. Or sometimes you don't know where they are or you've lost contact. But the forgiveness is letting go interiorly of, of all that stuff. Well, one of the things that happens to me as a blind person is I meet people who I think shouldn't be, well, shouldn't be doing something to put me down or to, uh, you know, take over when I don't want them to. And I get get real angry and, uh, you know, I don't want to have anything to do with that person. And this happens so many times to people who are blind and talking about forgiveness may in fact be something even more important because there are people who just don't know what they're supposed to do and then they try to take over. And sometimes the lack of forgiveness becomes an awareness of so many people who do the same exact thing and then it becomes very difficult to, you know, to forgive it because it's our very personhood is being uh, taken away from us. If I'm, you know, being clear on what I'm talking about? Absolutely. Um, one of my close friends, and I'm still a good friend of his, is a man who was uh, who dove in the Susquehanna River and broke his neck, fairly high spinal cord image a damage and he was a student of mine and he taught me as much about forgiveness and dealing with that kind of stuff as anybody i've ever known and um being able to let go of that stuff to recognize either the person is ignorant or the person simply doesn't know how to handle things and to decide that you're going to carry around that resentment is is self-destructive. Mm-hmm. Now, it may be that you can come up with a way to explain it to them that, that can change their perspective, thinking, or, or, but you may not be able to. Right. They may not listen. Mm-hmm. Right. And a, a lot of it depends on how important the relationship is. But I think with anything that's a visible difference, whether it's being blind or this guy in the wheelchair or something else, it's going to happen repetitively and people need to develop a way of dealing with it that's right. constructive yes. rather than destructive. Yeah, so in other words, not just not forgiveness in a sense is I forgive and I will do something about it. Because this is one of the one of the things we sometimes talk about, uh, forget to talk about in forgiveness, is whether in forgiving, uh, does that mean that doesn't absolve us from trying to do something about the situation, either preventive, no, not obsessing about it, but in finding ways to handle it in a way that 
neither one of us feel offended. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And it's interesting because that guy I took once to the doctor and that guy was he's one of the brightest people I've ever known. He's got three PhDs. He does stuff in physical science and psychology and other things. And he writes and he's just amazing. And um, we went to the doctor. He was a student of mine at the time. And the doctor said to me, what's the problem with this fellow? And I said, you might consider asking him. Yes. yes. But if you don't have if you don't have an advocate there, then you might need to do that yourself. You might say, you might not want to ask somebody else. You might just try asking me. I know more about this than you do. Good answer. Good answer. If we don't forgive or we feel that something is irreconcilable, now that may be two different things. They are. Uh, okay, tell me, tell me more. Forgiveness is my choice, and it doesn't require anything from the other person. It requires my letting go of my resentment and my constant rehashing of whatever it is that I have been resenting. And when that's done, it's really like washing it away. But if the person wants a relationship with us, that's a whole different story. They have to be aware of what they did and be capable of promising not to do it again. And reconciliation is possible when that's true. So that's kind of what Desmond Tutu was doing with the uh, reconciliation in South Africa. Exactly, exactly. Um, and it's a, a little person, you know, one, one-on-one Truth and Reconciliation Commission. And mm-hmm. when the person says, you're right, I did something really wrong. I get it now. I'm terribly sorry. I will do my very best never to have it happen again. And I thank you. Then it's safe. Otherwise, you forgive in the sense of, I'm not going to carry this sucker around with me anymore. I'm letting it go. But um, you can't. You can't do anything with the relationship unless the other person is able and willing to change behavior. So it's okay once you've made the decision uh, to uh, not continue the relationship because the person has neither acknowledged or that you're in a position where uh, you, you know, are letting it go. But it also means you have to let the relationship go. I think if if the person is not capable of amending their behavior, then you need to let the relationship go. Mm, and that's often tough. But it is uh, often tough. It's yeah, interesting. It might- I had a woman uh, that was a client of mine as a social worker, whose mother she was one of about seven kids, adult kids. And her mother lived a block away, and she did virtually all the care. And the mother raved about all the other ones coming for her birthday or Christmas or some other thing, and just constantly was after my client. And um, she she came for something else, something with her kid. But uh, her husband came with her, and when we finished with the stuff with her kid, she he said... Now we need to deal with her mother because she's ruining our marriage. 
And um, so this woman decided she was going to give her mother an ultimatum and that she could live with it. Um, and we practiced several times until she could get it. And finally she said, you got two choices. You can stop doing this to me because it really damages me and find yourself another caregiver uh, or find yourself another caregiver because I'm not going to put up with this, not one more time. And the mother promised and the next time she went, everything was fine. And then like four or five weeks later, she started in on her once and she turned around and walked out. And the mother called and said, I made a mistake. I promise you it will never happen again. And it never did. Ah. So it was but if possible. It did, if it did, she should have walked away. Again. Then the rest of them can take care of it. She's done it for all these years. <laughs> But there are times when we do have to walk away from the Absolutely. Say, the abuser. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I think that's true. In addition to forgiving and forgiving yourself for walking away, because that's the hardest thing to do, particularly if the family member. There was a guy that I, I didn't know personally, but we went through a workshop together uh, as participants. And his, his person was his father. And it was one of the most amazing things. In one day, he got that everything he had ever done in his adult life had been damaged by his continuing to blame his father for everything that he didn't do mm -hmm. well. And um, at the end of the first day, the leader of the workshop, who was fabulous, uh, got him to acknowledge that that was true, that everything he had done had been based on trying to get back at or punish his father. Um, and he, his voice changed, his body language changed, and he let it go. And you, the next day, he didn't even look like the same person. It was mm. really astounding. Because it's not for the other, it's not for the one who's done the wrong thing. It's for freedom for ourselves. And once we can get that, then we can move on and accept that nothing we do to punish the offender will heal us. Uh, we have to let go of our, what one writer calls our grievance story and stop telling it. That's not the story of our life. Is there such a thing as a collective forgiveness, like you mentioned, a group of Amish people went to the person who committed the murders, and they forgave him together. It, yes. That's, that's my understanding. And one is, what happened after that? Um, I, I, there was a movie about it, but it's been a long time since I've seen it. Right. But as I remember, um, forgiveness is built into the culture for Amish people. Uh -huh. So they Lots and lots of practice. If you practice on little stuff, then when it gets to be something big, it's a whole lot easier. But right. um, there is a movie about that. And I remember that the wife of the man who initiated the forgiveness reach out uh, had some trouble with it because one of their kids was one of the ones who was killed. And um, they they worked it through. That movie is a wonderful thing for people to see if they're hmm. interested Forgiveness. And there's some real good stuff out there, uh, which if you want, I can send you, I think you probably have a bibliography 
from the workshop that you and I were in together. No, uh, I didn't get a copy of that of the bibliography. I just got uh, your your handout. I was going to contact you about getting the bibliography. Uh, well, if that's anything you want to put online for people, I'm more than happy to have you do it. It's it. Uh, a lot of it was written when I first started doing this work, which was mm-hmm. quite a while ago. But uh, I think all of it's really good. And that's enough right now. What else would you like to ask? Yeah. Well, the one, but you know, the thing is, <laughs> I think it's pertinent that we're talking about forgiveness right now because there is so much. Uh, polarization politically and everything else that we don't seem to be as a nation much into forgiveness or even I, I do wish uh, I was just talking to people about this yesterday I wish that we had and there are some little things there's something called the good news network which sends out stories every day telling nice things that people do and, and other people's response but to to come up with some way that we can um, help people to realize the damage they're doing to themselves by continuing to always find ways to blame and, and quote other, other people. I use that as a verb. Um, If we can't, I, I'm really not terribly hopeful about our species to be completely honest with you. Well, I think one of the things that you know we're talking about is certainly when you feel like you need to give forgiveness to write about, you know, to even to, I remember I was working with a colleague who we did an intensive weekend and, you know, we both got very intense ourselves as well as the people uh-huh. in the group and we were snapping at each other. And, you know, I, I came home and I said, I will never work with that person again. I've had it, you know, the, you know, the usual. And what I had to do was to sit down and write a letter to him, putting uh-huh. in everything that I was angry about in terms of his behavior. Of course, nothing about my behavior, but his behavior. <laughs> and I put it all down in, in the letter and I read it. And I destroyed the letter because I felt what you're saying, that I could let it go. I didn't have to do anything more. And I've given that assignment to some people to just, you know, say everything that you would like to say, but destroy the letter. Don't let anybody see it. Because as you're saying, it's in you. It's in me. Right. And we have to, we have to, uh, do the work for ourselves, and he and I continued to work, but I didn't take it quite as uh, as hard as I did that that first time. Yes, and I'm I'm grateful for having discovered that. And the other part, of course, is that we have to, as, as we're kind of alluding to, and I hope, Lynn, to have you back very soon that we can do a program on how we forgive ourselves. That was something that I was going to turn to, but I'd be more than happy to have that as another topic. <laughs> yeah. And it certainly is, I think, maybe even a bigger topic because we can be so hard on ourselves. And we sometimes we're our own worst enemy. 
I think you're absolutely right. And it was interesting because that guy I mentioned who changed his voice, I mean, his voice was coming from way deeper in his body than it had before. And he walked like a man, not like a little kid. Um, Mm -hmm. So everybody in the group could see that change had really happened. Um, My husband was an Episcopal priest, and he said that a refusal to forgive ourselves is sort of a reverse pride. My, My sin is so great that not even God could forgive it. (laughs) Uh, uh, I put, I know God has forgiven me, but my opinion is more important than God's, and I won't. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. It's, uh, (laughs) it requires a letting go, uh, whether it's ourselves or somebody else. It requires letting go of that story that is the justification for holding on to non-forgiveness. But letting go does not mean that we continue, may not mean that we continue the relationship or that that other person doesn't have work to do. But we have no control on what that other person does. That is up to him or her. That's absolutely right. And that's the grandiosity we can get into in believing we can change somebody. Uh Uh-huh. I agree with you. Well, Lynn, thank you very much for being on today. I look well, forward to Well, you're very to... welcome. I enjoyed it immensely. So let me know when you want to do another one. You, you bet. And to all of you out there, uh, thank you for listening in. Let us know uh, if you have any comments, suggestions, or uh, anything that, that you'd like us to cover. This is Bill Lundgren, host of Blindsight. Look forward to uh, having contact with you again. Thank you. Jonathan Price has been our producer. And Jonathan, thank you. Thank you.